Shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I am halfway through binging I May Destroy You on BBC iPlayer. Hi, I'm David Campbell, and um, welcome to, to this week's show. Um, I'm not halfway through that because I haven't started watching it. I've been sort of bouncing around all over the place. I've watched a few old episodes of Doctor Who. I'm catching up with a few other bits and pieces. Work, still working my way through... 13 Reasons to Die, and the Yeah, that's on Netflix, right? Mm, yeah, Netflix. The Elite, which is also on Netflix. Uh, the Protector, which is also on Netflix. There's a load of Netflix stuff that I'm watching. Um, I haven't got Amazon Prime, so, and I haven't got Apple, and I haven't got Disney. You won't hear me talking too much about them because I have to go and rent someone's space and sit down in their yard and watch it. And I can't do that because The Root of Six has now kicked oh. in. Of course, the rule, the rule of six is what's stopping you from being, from being able to watch stuff that's on Amazon Prime and on and Netflix, etc. Well, no, apart from the fact that it costs money as well. Yeah. And, you know. To be honest, I, I, I have I've not actually, I, not that I'm not actually, Netflix, I've actually stepped back away from Netflix just for a few weeks now. I can't actually think of anything that, I, that, I, that has gripped me back into netflix although there is a new there's something new that's dropped on netflix i think it dropped last week uh um the devil all the time which is it stars uh, uh tom holland robert pattinson um uh, uh sebastian stan uh, who else there's somebody else from um oh he's not, not he's not from the marvel universe uh bill skarsgård he was it uh, he, he was, uh, you know, Pennywise the clown in in. Oh, the, it, in it, yes, yes, yeah, um, yeah. So that's dropped on Netflix, which I I want to see. I've heard two people talk about it. One person said they really loved it because of how dark it went. Another person said actually it was okay. It was good. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it was good. So the worst reaction I've heard of it is that it's good. Tom Holland for me is always a win, so I want to go check it out. Uh, another Isn't thing, in some new um, cartoon uh, sort of animation thing as well. I remember seeing it on a bus going past with his name. It's sort of like that's what caught my eye, but I can't remember. He's providing, providing the voice of one of the characters in some new animation. I think it's uh, I'm not entirely, not entirely sure. I know he does a, he does animation quite a bit. The last one, the last one I saw of him was. Uh, the ah, a Spies in Disguise with Will Smith, where he, Will Smith is a spy and Tom Holland is his, his, his scientific sidekick, sidekick, if you will. He, he did that one, but that was a couple of years ago. Um, so I haven't seen that one yet, but there is something that's going to put me back onto Netflix, which is just recently dropped, which is Enola Holmes, which is, it stars uh, Minnie Bobby Brown, uh, not Minnie, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, um, what's his name from, you know, Superman, the square jawed guy. He's also in The Witcher. Uh, wow. It, it, names are just escaping me. Henry Cavill. That's it. So it stars uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, uh, Sam Claflin from, uh, from Hunger Games and a whole bunch of other stuff. Handsome gentleman. It's basically a, 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 
an adaptation of the Sherlock Holmes story, except it's told from the perspective, or rather the protagonist is Enola Holmes, which is the sister of um, Sherlock and, oh, I can't remember what his brother's name is, um, played wonderfully by, uh, by Steve, Stephen Fry in the Robert Downey Jr. series. It doesn't matter. Um, Anyway, so that's what this this new one has dropped on Netflix. It dropped recently, so I think it's a it's a I believe it's a film. It's not a TV series. It's a film focusing on the sister of Sherlock Holmes. That I'm going to see. So I'll go back onto Netflix to go and see that. But in in the meantime, Amazon Prime had basically been pulling my attention over the last few weeks with Mr. Mercedes, um, uh, you know, uh, Doom Patrol, and so on. I've been watch. I've been basically engrossed in that. The boys. I'm waiting for the boys for Friday to show up. So not only can this episode drop, but also the boy, the latest episode of the boys can drop, so I can watch that as well. But um, Doom Patrol, uh, lovely, and that Tom Holland film, um, yes, the animation. It's called Onward. It's a Disney Pixar. Thing. Oh no, that's been that's been out for a while. That was out like a, two years ago, um, a year and a half ago. Yeah, onward, onward has um, Tom Holland and no, it only came out Marvel. this year. Was it this year? And yeah, it's probably coming out on DVD this year. No, no, no. I've just looked it up, and it says um, production release no. this year. Am I thinking of the wrong film? Does it have Chris Pratt in it? No. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking of the wrong one. No. What's the What's the synopsis for it? Uh, world magical creatures, magic. Yes. Magic. Yes. It's onward. It's Pixar. Yeah, Disney Pixar. Yes, it's got Chris Pratt in it. Yeah, my okay. God. It's got Pr- yes, it's got Chris Pratt in it, but it's only been released this year. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Maybe early this year. Um. Don't I look, producer Dave? I That's don't it. want. It was released February in. Uh, well, it was shown in the Berlin International Film Festival February, and for that to released March six. Then wow, that That's, it, uh, that must that it feels like that movie has been out far longer than than I can imagine because I'm sure Onward has been around for quite a while, but who knows? Maybe. Uh, when when COVID lockdown, where 2020 basically has messed with everyone's perception of time. This is true. So, exactly. So and I've only just seen the advert. So you know, there you go. So who knows? I if if you were to tell me that that because of the pandemic or because of COVID virus, there is a time split somewhere near where you live that you accidentally walk through and it took you back two years and you still think it's today. That's, I would honestly believe that because of the way 20 That's a good premise for a film, actually. <laughs> there, there, are tons of, there's, there are tons of films and TV shows. One in particular that, that just springs to mind. I can't remember what the, the film is, what the TV show is, but it had Nicholas, um, again, terrible with names. He was uh, the younger brother in uh, the Del, Del, Del Boy show um oh, Nicholas Lind, Lind, Lindhurst yes yeah yes um and it was a it was kind of like a it was I used to watch it way back in the late 90s oh where, that one yes good yeah. uh, good night sweetheart that's the one good night sweetheart thank yeah. you um where he he's, he's in present days in contemporary day but then in his kitchen or something like that he walks through and he can walk through a door into his back garden and it transports him into world war ii and so he has two separate lives as well yeah. yeah. mm. so there's, there's stories like that anyway i started this whole thing about what we're watching because i want to rant and rave about the tv show i may destroy you which is written and created and stars michaela cole it's on bbc iplayer i've talked about this in the past um because i watched the first episode actually I, I watched the first episode last night I, and I binged watched up to episode seven. Um, there are 12 episodes. You can catch it on BBC iPlayer. It is a fantastic show, apparently based on uh, the real experiences that happened to her. There have been tons of... Into Kayla Cole talks about her inspiration for writing the story. And it is basically, it's about a writer, uh, Arabella, played by Michaela Cole, who... And this is not spoiling anything. This happens in the very first episode. She is on a deadline to write a, uh, a, to submit her first draft. 
and she goes out to party and uh, she eventually, well, I say eventually, she wakes, she, she finds herself back at her desk working and submitting a draft and she then pieces together that she's actually been subjected to uh, a date rape. And it just carries on from there. It is, it is a hard-punching drama, um, but with a lot of comedic effect. Michaela Cole is known, she, she did Chewing Gum. She's done a number of other projects in the past where she's very funny. She's hilarious. Her writing is fantastic. And it's a very funny show, even though it is dealing with very serious uh, uh, subject matter and it's got terrific performances uh, like I said she she's in the lead uh, you have uh, um, Papa uh, Papa Esodu uh, uh, I'm not pronouncing the name correctly um, Esodu, Esodu I think it's Papa Esodu um, who plays Kwame you, you recognize Papa Esodu from uh, Gangs of London on Sky One uh, he's Fantastic actor. It's got Amel Amin in it. You know him from The Bill and from, and we saw him in um, uh, Yardi, right? We saw him leading Yardi in the, the film, Yardi, a few years. Idris Elba's director, directorial debut. He's in it as well. He's, he's ever, the thing, here's the thing about Amel Amin. And I said this when we talked to him a couple of years ago, again, time jump, a couple of years ago when we interviewed him for Yardi, um, you see him on on screen, and he's got this really commanding presence where he does he he literally just he can hold the screen he can hold for time and you can just see he doesn't move doesn't flinch you can see his reactions he can tell you an entire story emotional change in silence he's like that in person as well amazing actor and he is terrific in 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 this show anyway. Just wanted to rant a little bit about it, just to say it is, I, I May Destroy You. It is a fantastic show. It is British writing and British television. And not even just that, I haven't even mentioned the fact that it is, it's very um, ethnic oriented in the sense that majority of the cast are black actors. I haven't even mentioned that until now, obviously. But the reason why I want to mention that, I heard an argument a long time ago when people were talking about, you know, we need to have more ethnic representation on screen and on TV. And the argument that was, well, if you do something that's good, maybe it'll appear on television. And obviously while you want to just smack that response out of the person's mouth, this is the best way to do that. This is a figurative slap in the person, slapping those words out of that person's mouth because Michaela Cole has presented something, a TV show that is so good. I dare anybody to watch it and go, eh, that's okay. It is not. I'm a huge fan of her work anyway. I'm a huge fan of a lot of, a number of the actors that pop up in, in the TV show. So I know I'm biased, obviously. However, I dare anybody to watch that show and turn around to me and say, eh, it was all right. Unless you're doing it just to, to annoy me, unless you're doing it to trigger me, which I know is possible. I know some of you out there, Stuart, I know you do that quite a lot. You, you, you're the one person I know that does that, that triggers me in the, and I know you're doing it. I know why you're doing it. I know why you're doing it, but it's fine. End of rant. <laughs> End of rant. One <laughs> of the things I will say to that is, um, in the past, you had a lot of black actors and Asian actors picking themselves up and moving across to America because there was no work. And hopefully now that we're seeing things like uh, I May Destroy You, um, Chewing Gum, you know, that was the other one that she was in. The first one I ever saw her in was Chewing Gum on, on Channel 4 or E4, should I say. Now we've got those programs going on and seeing a lot more ethnically diverse programs, maybe that will, that trend will stop. I mean, COVID has helped to put the kibosh on that anyway, but if, if that means um, more stuff is going to be done over here that employs ethnic actors, great stuff. I mean, the good thing about this, um, I May Destroy You, is it's a co-production between BBC and HBO. So it is being shown in, in America, in actual fact, I think sometimes just before the BBC show it because of the time difference. Absolutely. And coming to that point as well, where you mentioned this is allowing more and more of these films, TV shows in the UK, or, you know, it's being, it's being made and shown on British, t British TV, stopping that migration of excellent British talent over to America to get, uh, to get seen. 
I mean, Amel Amin, for example, yes, he was a he was a staple in British TV in The Bill. That's where I first saw him way back in the day. But he wasn't getting any parts. He then went into he was in adulthood uh, with Noel Clark, and then he had to make that jump. He moved to America and kind of hit it big in America. He appeared in a number of different works with a number of it, George Lucas and a whole bunch of other people as well. But he's now coming back and he's now doing a lot of British stuff as well, which is great leads me to another point of another TV show that it is just about to, I think it's just started airing uh, called Small Acts, which is a collection of stories directed by, uh, by uh, Steve McQueen. Uh, but it's, it's written by Steve McQueen. It's also written by another writer that I've, I've, I've come in co- into contact with. Uh, those of you who don't know, I also work on, I'm also doing a YouTube channel called The Idiot on the Writer's Block, where I interview experts on writing, uh, you know, essentially, the idiot on the writer's block. I'm the idiot asking experts for tips on how to write, publish, and promote my feature, uh, my first fiction novel. Go check it out on YouTube. Just type in the idiot on the writer's block. You'll get it. It's great. Uh, anyway, one of the writers that I, one of the authors that I interviewed is um, Cortia Newland, and he is one of the writers on Small Acts. It stars John Boyega. It stars uh, Letitia Wright. Got a number of other, you know, actors of color. Malachi Kirby popping up in this as well. Uh, so far, I, I think one episode has been, been shown. I need to go and check it out. But obviously with that caliber of talent all pulled together under Steve McQueen, you know that it's going to be fantastic. It, it's called Small Axe. I'm going to find out which channel it's playing on in the UK. And then we'll talk about that. We'll most likely talk about that next week uh, when we're talking. And we're going to say, we, def- we promised this uh, last week. We will do this next week. We're not doing a top five this week. We're doing top five favorite Chadwick Boseman movies next week. Uh, so we'll do that then. But just to wrap up my little rant. Yes, it is great to see black faces on television, especially in the UK. Be, and not just seeing them on the on the tele, on television. See, here's, and that's the, this is the important part. It's not just about seeing them on television. It's about seeing them in quality work on television. And I believe Small Axe is one of them. I believe I May Destroy You is one of them. That's basically showing talented British black actors and actresses and writers and directors on TV. Come on, it's great. And I get your point as well. And I agree with your point that COVID has sort of has had a major impact because a lot of independent shows are kind of shutting down and not being able to do their stuff. A lot of shows have kind of been canceled and shelved because of that. But hey, we'll prevail. We'll get there eventually. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm the ever ranting Marcus E. Akko. Yeah, and I'm the ever um, patient producer, Dave, <laughs> David Campbell. Yeah, what because you know, look, who because, we got on the show today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'll, I'll stop with the rant. See, producer Dave, you need to rein me in, rein me in <laughs> so I can stop this. Uh, on the show today, we're gonna we're, we're gonna move completely from away from what we've been talking about. Uh, we're gonna have two interviews with two filmmakers that we are very fond of. Uh, first interview will be with Mitch Tolliday and Neil Rickardson. Mitch Tolliday appeared on the show last year when he was with uh, Imogen Wild to promote their short film, Everything Will Be Fine. Uh, over the year, they've basically expanded that into a feature film or they're expanding it into a feature film called Murder Ballads. They, they currently have a, a green a greenlit a crowdfunding campaign going, which we'll post in the show notes to this show for the podcast when it comes out on uh, Monday. Uh, we also have friend of the show uh, honestly this woman when she walks in the room sounds like i have a little crush on her a tiny tiny little bit Gemma suru fr- a french filmmaker director writer producer actress of the film large door uh, at the golden age she's on the show to talk about uh, the project i won't talk about which film festival has just gone into because it's a fantastic uh, piece of news i'll let it let you hear about it from her herself as well as her project which is the paris International Film Festival. But before we get to Jenna, let's jump into film and TV news. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. I'm David Campbell. And we're joined by uh, a filmmaker who's been on the show before, really loved this project, and a new 
uh, a new filmmaker on the show, a producer. Please tell us your names and the project that you're here to talk about. Cool, sure. So I'm Mitchell Tolliday, uh, and I'm here uh, to talk about my new feature film, uh, Murderbads. And I am Neil Rickardson. I am the uh, uh, co-writer and producer on the movie. Excellent. So welcome, uh, Neil and uh, and Mitch. Mitch, we've already talked to you for for before when you came to talk about your short. When you came to talk about your uh, excellent short film, everything is going to be fine. Neil, this is the first time we're speaking to you. So please tell us what it is you do. You, you've co-written this film with with Mitch. Tell us what you do. Uh, so I'm basically like a, a, a freelance uh, writer and editor. I write for uh, theatre programmes, which has uh, gone a bit kind of dead at the moment, which is why I'm putting all my energy into uh, this feature film, uh, Murder Ballads. It's going to take the short that me and Mitch wrote together and he directed, uh, and we're going to kind of expand it into, into a feature. We're going to use it as part of a feature film. Uh, so the film is called Murder Ballads. Uh, it's kind of, uh, we jokingly refer to it as kind of like a Pulp Fiction kind of story. It's kind of no single protagonist. We kind of jump around. Um, it's about a band called Stack of Corpses, a rock band. And uh, basically they, they, they are really struggling to, to get any kind of hits. And uh, we kind of jump around. We have six stories, we jump around and we kind of follow each kind of band member as they go off on their own kind of like little plot lines. Oh, sorry, I was just, just going to say, you, you mentioned that this is off of a short that Mitch had done uh, earlier. So just, be, just to yeah. help people who remember the name Mitch, uh, Mitch Tolliday, who was on the show last year, um, let's, let's sort of just do that as a jumping off point. So Mitch, let's get you reminding our audience about the film Everything is Going to Be Fine that you came on to talk about last year. Sure thing. So yeah, so uh, the film we made last year, Everything's Going to Be Fine, it's, uh, it was a short 15-minute film about a rock band who have a uh, car crash, and then rather than trying to help each other out, they start fighting over who has the rights to the band now. Um, you know, it's like the worst possible creative differences, basically. Um, and yeah, so we came on last year, talked about it because we were just about to start entering into festivals. Uh, it went into the Unrestricted View Horror Film Festival, won a couple of awards there for uh, best screenplay, best horror comedy. And yeah, it's gone on to play at a couple more festivals, both at the, uh, in the US and UK, and it's still continuing its festival journey. Um, got a couple more coming up this month. Um, and yeah, we just kind of we finished the film we had such a blast with the cast and crew that we were just like we 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 got to get like more out of this and like we spoke to a couple of people they suggested expanding the the shorts itself into like 90 min minutes so um you know they crash in the woods and there's flashbacks to their previous life and so people said oh you should just stretch that out for 90 minutes you know you've got plenty of stuff in there and so we started doing that but then this idea of like what happened more with like the band itself beforehand and after it we, we just felt like we had something good already in those 15 minutes and like we already had them you know so we we could just build on what we already had rather than going back and, and reshooting everything yes yeah, uh, so it's I kept on, like nagging neil to say like we should do it this way we should do it this way you did you did in fairness um, and I said, no, 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 we've done, we've done a story. It's a complete story. We don't need to do anything more. Um, but no, so it, it took us a long time, but we did figure it out. And we figured out like a lot more because working on a short and working on a feature is very different. You need kind of big, long character arcs for characters to go on. And obviously, you know, the short, we just have get a little snapshot, you know, like the character of base is kind of angry and violent, but we, we, we wanted characters and and more kind of stories that they could have gone on to the last thing we wanted to do is just have like a story which just kind of like oh we've just got to lead up to the car crash and then we'll have the car crash and then do a bit more after we wanted kind of other plot lines kind of going on um so so yeah we 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 brainstormed for quite a few months and eventually we, we cracked it like literally in about like a couple of days and like we we bashed out the script in like about a month um, and it was it was it was so fun because we had these characters already and we had these actors. I think this is one of the things which I found so easy in writing it that I had the voices and the visuals so that I could imagine exactly what you know the characters would say and do in this situation. I've never done a film like that before. Um, it, it you know it was it was tricky to do, but it was also kind of fun. 
yeah, it did, it made it like Neil said, it made it easier because you could, you know, you, you normally when you're writing a script, you, you kind of like have a bit of a blank canvas, like this could be anyone. But because we had like the reference points of the three actors already and, and one more actor, um, Lauren uh, Cornelius, who um, has come on board as Annie, who's like a crazed fan and also wants to be in the band. Um, so like having those reference points made it really easy to kind of like get these characters into situations. And because of the way we structured it in, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I don't know actually if I've said already, but it's, it's, it's six it's, stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's six interconnected stories at like different moments in time of this band's career. And so, you know, that, the way we wrote it is that I could go away and write track one while Neil's writing track four, and then we'd kind of swap and write over each other's stuff. And that made it really like quick and, and easy to work on as well. I really like the idea that uh, Neil mentioned uh, earlier about it being, and you've mentioned it as well, six inter interconnected stories where it's similar to something like Pulp Fiction or maybe an other Tarantino and Rodriguez work, Four Rooms, where you basically have a different set of story. You might have a connecting thread between all of them, but literally it is three or in your case, six short stories. And I like the way you're describing it as tracks as well sort of add, adding that um, musical theme to it. It's like an album, it's a rock album, right? So you have exactly. different types of tracks, it's a different feel and you can move through different emotions. I see, you, as you said, you're using the same actor. So you have Imogen Wilde as Keys, who we met last year. Yeah. Um, fantastic actress, like I said, I mean, she is the, she's the heart of the, of the short, um, Everything's Gonna Be Fine that I watched. I, I mentioned it back then, it still stuck with me. I love that movie, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad to see this actually expand. Uh, so you've got so you've, you've you've got some more people, you've got some more backers in, involved to expand it into a feature. I see you have Giles Alderson on board as a, an executive producer. Tell us how that connection came about. Well, yeah, um, I mean, so that connection comes about with a, another person you know, uh, Bijan Tong. Uh, so you know, uh, back in 2018, I um, edited his first feature film, The Escort. And that kind of reignited the fire in me of like writing scripts. So me, me and Neil, we've known each other since school. We've known each other since we were eight. Um, we've been writing scripts together since then. You know, technically we have made one film together before, a feature film, uh, a horror called The Unknown Soldier when we were like 16. It will never see the light of day, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I was editing uh, Bichan's film and I was like, oh my God, like this guy's done it. He's gone and just like made a film. I, sh I should do that. And so I started talking to Neil and we bashed out the ideas for, um, for everything's going to be fine. And then when we've come to, you know, expand into murder ballads, which we've already explained how that kind of came about. I was like, well, you know, I, I got into um, Giles's stuff because Bijan was on his podcast and I just like, you know, he's super inspiring and he's like just done so much. And you just listen to that guy and you get fired up and want to make your movie. And so I thought, well, I've got a connection with him. I'll reach out to him, see if he wants to be involved. And he just, he just really liked the script and the idea. And so, yeah, he, he came on board as a, an exec producer, which has just been an amazing help because like his knowledge is just, yeah, it's, it's so helpful. Excellent. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm David Campbell. And just a quick question. Um, you've named the band A Stack of Corpses or Stack of Corpses. Um, where did that come from? Um, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, so, so when, when we first wrote the script, one of the interesting things was they weren't a band. In the first draft, they were just like a family on the way to, uh, was it a funeral? Um, yeah. And we, we did like a couple of drafts of the script and we were like, we really want this to be kind of funny. This feels like kind of funny, you know, having a car crash and not being able to, to leave, having a car crash and like wanting to kill the other people who were crashed with you. You know, it felt kind of really kind of darkly comic. So we were struggling to find a way of, of, of making it funny, you know, a bit more kind of lighthearted, a bit more kind of less mean spirited. So we we're like, what if it's like a band? What if it's like a rock band? And then it kind of all just spiraled out from there. And kind of, uh, we, we, we just threw in like kind of every kind of like band influence. So kind of Stack of Corpses um, is obviously going to be a reference to kind of like how, spoilers, the film pretty much ends um uh, but you know we were thinking of kind of like you know at first they were a goth band kind of like cradle of filth and then we were like uh, can you get some like face paint on them kind of like you know like kiss or david bowie or marilyn manson so we just kind of threw in kind of all these influences so they're kind of like a, a yeah a, 
big kind of amalgamation of, of a, a lot of rock bands, which is probably good for legal reasons, so that no one sues us for. I think, uh, I think we actually called them something else. I think it was pile of corpses or something like that before, but that was already taken, so we didn't. Like, we had yeah. to change it to stack just because that that wasn't. I, I like the I like the juxtaposition. Actually, having stack of corpses, you have again the musical influence, stack of records, stack of corpses. It kind of matches up and it works. Um, so, and you mentioned that you've you worked with Bijang in the past, and you're now working with Giles to expand this. So, uh, this is now it's now called Murder Ballad. So, it's a com combination of different stories. Where mm -hmm. are you in the project at the moment? So uh, we've got the script like 95% locked. We're just making a few tweaks here and there. And we just started crowdfunding uh, yesterday. Um, so, you know, we're, we're heavy in pre-production. We've got most of the cast and crew locked now as well. I will hope to announce the new cast that we've got uh, by the end of this week. Um, and yeah, the crowdfunders just kicked off and it's going, you know, it's going really well so far, but we're just looking for support and help to get this film made. And normally uh, when films crowdfund, they crowdfund on um, Kickstarter, they crowdfund on Indiegogo. Which, which uh, avenue are you using? We're so using... Uh, yeah, you go. No, you go yeah. uh, We're using a website called uh, greenlit.fund, uh, which is uh, run by a guy called Peter, Peter Story. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty new site, uh, crowdfunding site. It's specifically for films. Uh, it's a British-based uh, company as well. Um, it's yeah, I, I can't I can't remember how long it started, but it, it's not that long. Um, it's it's kind of tailored towards films, which is really good because obviously you know Kickstarter and Indiegogo are, are pretty huge now, and it's very easy to get kind of lost. Uh, the great thing about Greenlit is they kind of they support you, they give you kind of tips and advice, they help you kind of like here's how you need to do the pitch video, here's how you need to do the campaign page. You know they they've got the knowledge and they pass it on to you so that you know uh, you know how to do it and how to how to get the funding. Also, their rates are pretty, pretty, uh, probably the best on the market, I think. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, it's a, it's a great tool, as you mentioned. You talked about the fact that Indiegogo and Kickstarter, pretty much, not only are they saturated with every project going on there, they also look at other uh, projects, yeah. not just film. While Greenlit is focused primarily on film, it's a smaller marketplace, so it's easier for you to get onto it. Do they have, uh, sort of, same as with Indiegogo and Kickstarter, uh, rewards that people would get if they were to contribute to the film? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've still got the whole perk system and everything on there. So we've got, yeah, quite a few perks on there, like uh, everything from, um, I think we, we've got one that's £25 where you get to access to the short film right now. So, you know, it's, that's, I think that's the tricky thing with um, art crowdfunding is that, you know, it's, you know, if you're selling a product on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something, you know, it's like, hey, follow us and you will get this product. You know, with art and film and stuff, it's a bit, you know, it's less physical. There's not something you can grab hold of yet because we've got to make it and you've got to trust us that we're going to make it well. Um, so the benefit we have here is that we have the short already available. So if you crowdfund, uh, if you back us 25 pounds or more, you get that short right now and then you'll get access to the feature once we finished it. Uh, we've also got other things on there where you can get a DVD of it, bit parts, um, are um, the actor Luke DeBelder, who plays drums. He's also an artist. Uh, so he's uh, drawing people as rock legends, uh, if people want, want to see themselves as that. Uh, what else we got? And then like, yeah, you know, if you, if you want to go really top tier, uh, we've got tickets. Well, not, this isn't too expensive, actually. You've got tickets to the premiere and then top tier, you can come on board as a, as a uh, associate producer or even as executive producer. That's um, excellent, uh, same kind of, um... Uh, perks that you would get on the other on the other uh, channels, which is great. Uh, if people want to follow you and the film, what social media links, as well as the Greenlit website, what do they need to do to be able to follow you on social media? Cool. So we've made it. We've made it pretty easy. Uh, obviously, you can go to greenlit.fund uh, and look for us on there. But you can also uh, just we've uh, set up like a direct link. So if you go to www www.murderballadsuk.com that will take you direct to the Greenlit page so you don't have to remember all the uh, complicated stuff. Uh, on Twitter, we're at murderballadsuk. On Instagram, we're at murderballadsuk. On Facebook, we're at mballadsuk because we couldn't use murder for some reason. Um, so those are, those are the three ways of following us. 
Yeah, and then like our own personal links are all attached on that. Um, you can find us through there because we're in our, our own uh, socials are in like the bio of those. Yeah, and if you're interested in the film, we're going to be kind of like dealing out like little bits of kind of like behind the scenes over the, like the next month during because we've got 30 days to raise uh, 10 grand to get this movie in production. Uh, so we're going to be kind of like throwing stuff out on on social media so that people can, you know, see a bit, you know, if you're kind of on the edge, like, oh, maybe, and you know, have a look at social media, at least follow that, because you might see something cool and uh, be more interested in the film. Excellent. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. We have Neil Rickardson and Mitch Tolliday, the writers and producers uh, behind the, the short film, Everything is Going to Be Fine, which came out last year. And they're working on the uh, extended version of that film, a new film called Murder Ballads, which you can go and support on greenlit.fund. Uh, we've already supported, we've jumped in there, we've uh, done a little bit uh, of contribution today. So that's, we're, we're happy to support as much as we can. One question I wanna ask just before we wrap this up. <clears throat> we, everybody knows we're in this pandemic at the moment. Mm -hmm. And over the last few episodes, we've been talking to various filmmakers uh, who are going, who is, you know, bravely stepping back on set to begin working on their various projects. What measures are you taking to be able to make this project in the pandemic that we're experiencing? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll say this one now. Um, so, yeah, obviously, we've got to be very mindful of it. Um, it kind of, there's positives and negatives of being a, a low budget, small feature uh, in that there's less people. Um, so that's easy to manage, but we also don't have the budget to have someone specifically focused on this for us and managing it all for us. So it's, you know, the, th the short film was very much a family vibe and we're continuing that on into the feature. And so it's everyone's responsibility to be mindful of the, of the dangers that they're around. Um, you know, uh, we're going to screen skills have got a, a course for how to be safe on set. So we're making sure everyone in the cast and crew does that course, passes it, gets their certificate. So everyone knows that they have that same level of knowledge. Obviously there'll be hand sanitizer and masks absolutely everywhere for us. Um, but although we are, uh, you know, expanding and it is a bigger cast, it is a bigger crew. Um, they're not on set all at the same time um, because we, like you said, we're kind of shooting five more short films. Um, you know, like the first one that we'll probably work on is um, track four. And that really only involves like four characters again. So it's like, you know, a low number of people, but we're, you know, we're keeping in, keeping our eye on the guidelines and what we're allowed to do, following them. And just basically it's, it's, it's awareness, making sure everyone understands that it's a joint responsibility. Excellent. Because as the new regulations came out, about uh, six people in every, in a group, I mean, how would, how does that, affect you at the moment as you're going to be making this film it, ideally you want to raise the ten thousand so you can make the film quickly so we can see that um how are you going to structure your sets to match that guideline well we'll um we'll approach it each bit at a time so like i said we can probably go ahead and do that first one because it will be so limited um you know and you know we can still have more people on there but like it will be socially distanced um but also, you know, we, everyone who we've got on board is is very passionate about this project. You know, we, we are doing this all for expenses only. Um, you know, we're doing a profit share at the end of it. Um, so if we get pushed back, everyone's in a position that they're like still on board. So it will be very much flexible. Uh, it's going to be calendar Tetris when we need to like start sorting this out. And but the, like I said, again, the beauty of the fact that it's structured as five short films we can kind of like carve away at one and then wait until restrictions open up and then go for the ones where we need more people um i mean that said like the biggest set piece uh it's eight cast and then you probably have the same number of crew as well so it's not massive and so it's just waiting for the opportunity when we can do that that's excellent i mean like i said i'm we, we on the show are fully behind you guys we loved your work last year it's fun chatting to you uh, neil it's been great meeting you as well uh, we are and not only that the members of the, the team that you have on board we we have 
uh, great affection for Bijang Tong. Giles Olsen is one of our favorite uh, podcasters and, um, you know, movers and shakers in the British film industry as well. So fully behind him. And Imogen Wilde is great talent. We think she should appear in far more things than she currently is. So we are fully supporting you. We will take all of your links, put it in the show notes, uh, in, in the show notes so we can send that out as well as post you on social media as well. Awesome. Thank um, you. I've just got one quick question based on what you were saying about uh, shooting the film. Um, the root of six applies for in inside spaces. So I'm just wondering, have you got very many external shots where that rule doesn't <laughs> apply so much? Yeah, you can say this one, I think. Um, we, we don't, annoyingly. <laughs> we, we obviously, the everything is going to be fine. It was shot completely outside, um, you know, because we had a car crash, basically. Um, so, so we shot it all outside and we were like, man, this is really bad, like having to wait for like weather and stuff. Let's just make sure like all our other scenes are all like indoors. And then we're just like, oh, now we can't come indoors together. Okay. <laughs> I, I would suggest using the, uh, what, what is it in? Oh, the movie was in my head. The Room. What's the name of the director of The Room? Tommy Wiseau. Tommy yes, Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. Yes, Tommy Wiseau. Oh, so, oh yeah. It, it, a green yeah. screen. Exactly. Absolutely. Just still shoot it outside. Just put green screen all around you. That's how they do it in Hollywood. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. technically you're still indoors. And, oh, sorry, you're still outdoors, but it seems like it's indoors. Yes, your budget's yeah. going to go up, but hey, <laughs> at least you're safe. Neil and Mitch, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as soon as, you, whatever progress you have on, on, the, on the shoot, when you in 30 days, when you have reached and crushed your target, which you will, positive mental attitude, you will crush your target in 30 days. Would love you to come back on the show, tell us about it, tell us about every stage of the, of the process, even if there's a stall, come onto the show, tell us about it. We'll be able to help you out, see what we can do. Any, any Mark, no, you, you went, so, you, you muted them. I, I, got, I got really enthusiastic about my uh, our support <laughs> well I'm not, I messed like, my phone. My the phone new phone. version of mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> it was the mic drop, but I dropped the mic before I finished what I was saying. So <laughs> that's how we roll. But thank you very much for coming on the show. No, Great. pleasure. All right, see you soon. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And with us always, she's part of the furniture. She's a friend of the show. She's part of the show. <laughs> I'm going to be hosting the show at some point. Whenever I, I uh, either myself or producer Dave or uh, Laura is not available, we're just going to bring this lovely lady, uh, film director, producer. Uh, she's taken over the, uh, the cinema by storm. Please tell us your name. Uh, and the, the, the film that you are, we'll start with the film that you've been talking to us about every time you've come on the show. Thanks so much, yes. I'm Gina Suru. I'm the director, producer, writer, and lead actress of La Store, the Golden Age Peer drama. Now, tons of people who've been listening to us obviously know it. we've got a, 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 a select fan following that basically follow your work. So basically, it's literally just a, a case where more than two-thirds two of our audience pretty much follow you uh, with a lot of the things <laughs> that you do with La Store <laughs> and the... Oh the festival that we'll be talking about in just a second. But for people who have not heard of you before, who have just listened to the show for the first time, please tell us what Large Door or the Golden Age is all about. The Golden Age Large Door is a voyage to 35 exceptional locations in the 60s, mostly set in the Saint-Tropez Bay area, also Paris and Los Angeles. And it's a tribute to artists, it's a tribute to solidarity, to be artists who change the world or just those who try. Um, and it's set in, um, in these places where at the beginning of the film, this actress that I'm in the film, uh, this French actress meets this American producer and together they feel really ill at ease in this world. So they decide to embark on an artistic project together and they go to a little village, but 
This village is called Saint-Tropez. So now we know Saint-Tropez is really, really famous because of all the wonderful artists, including Mick Jagger, who got married there. But no, no wonder why, because it's just the most inspiring village and it, it truly changed my life. And you had um, a, a uh, red carpet premiere just at the start of uh, the COVID lockdown this year in, in London, which was the opportunity I was supposed to have to go and see this movie. I'm still so jealous of producer Dave and Laura because they, because they were, they're based in London. It was easy for them to step in and go and watch this movie, whereas I had to be held back. That, because it was literally the, the, that week, the week before everything yeah. went to hell. So yeah. it was a case where... That was, that was the last film I actually saw before lockdown came in. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and wow. so, so I still... And I've been championing this film for years now. It's been almost three years, and I still haven't seen it. So, Genesuru, what, what are you going to make me do to watch this movie? <laughs> oh, who knows? Oh, yes, thanks so much for mentioning, because this opening night in London was so brilliant, and... It felt really good. Like, I don't think any of us knew what we were heading into at the time. Like, even at the end of the festival, I remember we thought maybe we'd been locked down for three months or something, and there would be a magical vaccine to help us, save us. But um, that's really crazy. But yeah, we're really, really excited because the film has been selected at the Chelsea Film Festival in New York, and I've known the funders for, thank you, for eight years. And I actually met them when I was working at Gomo at the time. I can't believe how time flies. It's crazy. Um, but also, um, we uh, our rap is um, on all markets. And so the film is meant to be um, distributed to uh, theaters worldwide. So obviously, with what's happening, we want to make sure we choose the best option for audiences because we want our audiences to be really safe. Um, so we're just discussing what are the best options, but it will be distributed fairly soon. And we just can't wait to share this beautiful message and this voyage to the world. I feel it's, it's a magical story, but especially now we are, our traveling is quite limited. It feels wonderful to just explore those 35 great places around the world. And that's fantastic. So you, you, uh, this, the, news, the news broke recently about, as you just said, um, the uh, large door, the golden age, um, you know, appearing at Chelsea, the, the prestigious Chelsea Film Festival as a semi-finalist, correct? So it, it's in a sense- Yes, yes. Yeah, so you're, you're actually competing in one of, in a very prestigious film. If I'm not mistaken, I, I'm, I need to check it just to make sure, but I believe Chelsea Film Festival is a, is one of the qualifiers, but they're not just, you know, whatever, but it's a qualifier or, you know, you're credited for uh, Oscars and the Academy Awards and so on. So it's one of those, it's, it's a very prestigious film festival. And that's how yeah. uh, amazingly this film is actually doing. There were tons of reviews that came out of the London Independent Film Festival where it uh, premiered this year. Um, and again, I'm still envious that I haven't had the opportunity to see it yet. So I, I've seen pictures, I've, I've heard, uh, producer Dave and Laura talk rave. <laughs> I, it. I, I can't wait for it to be either in the theater and we don't have lockdown so I can go out and watch it or video on demand or DVD or TV so I can watch it and say I finally watched this movie yeah. as fantastic as everybody It's said. so nice to have actually watched a film that uh, uh, <laughs> that Martha hasn't been able to watch <laughs> Dave was there maybe we should let Dave speak <laughs> No, 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 no. I've already spoken. You, you carry on. <laughs> like I said, oh, time, it was, it's it was a gorgeous time. film. It was gorgeously shot, gorgeous to look at. So, yes. Thank you. You're Thank you. And Marcus, you were with us in our hearts, you know. You were with us. It was really a special night. So. I, 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 I know I was there in, in spirit. I, I want to be there in person. So let's try, and, let's try and get that sorted out so I can be there in person. I can watch the movie. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 <laughs> FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm David Campbell. And we have the uh, filmmaker, and she's captivating the world with her film, Large Door of the Golden Age, Jenna Suru. Now, Jenna, you've not just been pushing the Golden Age uh, around the world. You've also been working on other projects, one in particular being the Paris International Film Festival. Please tell us what that is when it started and what we can expect from it. 
Thank you. Um, actually, yes, indeed. I have a background in distribution originally, working at the two top French distributors, Gomu and SND. And I'm so thankful by the reception for the Golden Age. I really wanted to give back because I make films about artists struggling to find acceptance of their roles in the world. And I think it's incredible. Um, to pay tribute to artists and also in reality to push them. So the Paris International Film Festival uh, is backed by wonderful partners, Paris City, Ecoprod, which fights for green cinema, which I, I care very much about. And I know our filmmakers also do. Uh, also this, uh, the lens company, who by the way, uh, do the best lenses in the world, but not just in the film world, also in the medical world, which is extremely important, especially in these times, uh, trend line. And our focus, we, um, we champion filmmakers from around the world, not just French, but international. And we have focuses on female filmmakers, diversity in front of the screen, but also behind the screen, and eco-friendly film. And speaking of, uh, of championing female filmmakers, you have a panel that's coming up pretty soon, uh, I believe on the 1st of October, with another two ladies who are beloved on the show, the Shakespeare sisters. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Thanks so much for mentioning. So it's next Thursday at 6 p.m. BST, UK time. The Shakespeare sisters are wonderful. I saw Sandra to 16 the day after the opening night of the Golden Age, and they were with us for the opening night too. So we really support each other. I think they're fantastic filmmakers. I love coming out of each films. I know they were also on your show, and I think it's brilliant because we do a wonderful, I think the sisters really do a wonderful job, not just at, at making their film, but also raising awareness around them with uh, things that filmmakers would maybe call branding. And I really want to underline, we, we talk about branding, which is a little different from merchandising, but branding is really just a way for you as a filmmaker to raise awareness around your films, your work. So it's a little different to merchandising. And we think it's really important um, to think about that even in the development script for your listeners uh, who are in development phase, it's not just something to kind of just make up when the film is about to be released. It's really something, it's great to think about it even before you start writing. And the Shakespeare sisters uh, next Thursday are gonna share their tips. They, they, we've prepared a storm, like they've prepared a wonderful presentation to really help you with those. And I think it's what's really important is that at the festival, we love to champion films. Uh, we've also realized it's not enough to just promote these films because there really is a gap of education to understand how it works. And so this is why all along the year, we have about two workshops, three workshops a month to help our filmmakers and to really give them these very precious tips. And we're very thankful for our panelists to be so generous with them with tips. I, and the Shakespeare Sisters movie, uh, Soundtrack to 16, that's a movie that I have seen. So... And it's really, it's a gorgeous film. It's currently available on pretty much video on demand. You can see it on Sky, uh, Sky Box Office, on Amazon. You can go and check it out. It's a coming of age tale. And I think they, they show such promise. Um, I know I'm gonna sound so old saying this, but as young filmmakers coming up, they show so much promise with their first film. You can, you can tell they're just going to keep excelling and getting bigger and bigger. And I'd love to, and I'm, I'm gonna, definitely gonna be tuning into the panel, which is, you, say, you said at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Uh, UK so time. It, it's 7 p.m. Paris time, but 6 p.m. UK time. And for those who want to RSVP, the link is also in our bio on Instagram, Arobas Belly Park Film. So if you just click in our bio, you can register. Fantastic. You've led into the next question I was going to ask about how we can get <laughs> for yourself. Uh, so that's good. We're also going to be posting links to that panel and to, uh, to other work that you're doing as well in our social media as we're posting for this episode. Um, so you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. Now, David, I know I've been cutting you off in a lot of episodes where you've got questions. Have you got a question that you'd like to ask, Jenna? No, no, no. You've asked all the ones I've wanted to ask so far. So you carry on, you know. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. That's good. Jenna, I want to ask. Okay, so, we, so we've talked about Large Door. We've talked about uh, Paris International Film Festival, the panel that you've got coming up next week with the Shakespeare Sisters. Uh, there is, uh, on your uh, Paris International Film Festival website, there's the... There's, uh, a link to the Liberation of Paris miniseries that you can watch an episode on that website. Please tell us a little bit more about that. 
Oh, thank you. It was such a beautiful experience this summer. So the Paris City called me. And I love her team so much. They were also brilliant with the Golden Age filming. Because obviously, considering all the precautions around COVID, they couldn't do what they usually do, which is for the anniversary of the liberation of Paris, they would bring the army, there would be all kinds of celebration. This year, we had to go a little bit different. So what they decided to do, and it's Laurent Bellini who directed this series and chose me, who had this wonderful idea to create this miniseries with 13 episodes. Each episode represents um, a step in the liberation of Paris. And each episode is performed by an actor so I've, I've acted alongside the most fantastic actors, including Mathilde Seigneur, who's so famous. And her, her reading of the letter of Roger is just, um, I, I had read this letter a lot of times before and it's very, very uh, moving. Um, and uh, also Mike Fede, Alice Dufour, Quentin Delcourt, Alix, who was the Frenchie in Mission Impossible Fallout, <laughs> if you've seen that. So that was brilliant. And I was extremely honored because Paris, it's such a magical city. Also, uh, the miniseries doesn't just talk about Paris, it really speaks about each step. So the UK, the US, also Hiroshima in Japan. So this was Alex's episode. So we all felt really tiny compared to French history, but still so thankful we could contribute. And I was extremely um, honored because my episode is about the liberation of Paris itself, the victory, and um, the music on it as the national anthem. La Marseillaise. So it was honestly, it, it was unnecessary to act. It, the emotion was already there, and it was a beautiful moment. I saw there's a link on the on the on the uh, on the website for one of the episodes. What's the website address for people who want to uh, to go on learn more about Paris International Film Festival and Liberation of Paris? Oh, thanks so much. So to access both, you can go to www.parisintelfest.com. And the episode is also there. I think we also, yeah, we also included the press releases with uh, the things from the mayor of Paris who've been incredible and all the teams. So you can access all the miniseries and it's 13 episodes there. And you can also, of course, submit your films and scripts. We've received the most fantastic work and we just want to congratulate our filmmakers because in these crazy times, like they really come up with the most fantastic work and great messages. So it really, feel, it really feels wonderful and very rewarding to champion them. But the regular deadline is still going for a little more than a month. So, so you still have time to submit there. Excellent. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm David Campbell. And Jenna, just before we have Jenna Suru, who is a film director, film producer, writer, actress of Large Door, The Golden Age, and also head of the Paris International Film Festival, uh, Jenna, what else? Uh, what what do you what else do you have coming up in the pipeline that you want to tell people about? Covering everything. Um, well, it's been a really exciting time because the festival I'm extremely passionate about. I really try to access as many filmmakers as I can because I want also to find the filmmakers who maybe, you know, are shy or I, I don't know. Like it's really important for a festival director to just be aware of what's happening in the other festivals. In terms of the filmmaking process. Um, I've had the most um, exciting week last week uh, because I was in pre-production as the director of this eco-friendly film in Nice. And we've achieved so much and it's been really rewarding, especially in these times of COVID. It's extremely rewarding to see even socially distancing all we could do. Uh, I brought on board a partner which is called Scriptation. They're also a partner of a festival. So I'm kind of being very custody and they are the king of zero paper. And I think it's one of the most important things to, to really, our filmmakers also start understanding that during the production process, we have so many revisions of the scripts and if we print it each time for each person in the cast and crew, it's a lot of waste of paper. So scriptation also like really promotes and just enables so many documents. And actually in this time of COVID, they're particularly interesting because you can really share info you don't have to report your notes all the time. Like it's a really important app to check out. Um, and we really, really love them. They're also a really friendly team. Also right now I'm uh, working with the music composer and in development for For the Love of Music, my second feature. And I'm writing for um, two free producers. Um, I'm writing and directing their films. So all, all about um, really uh, talents looking for their place in the world. So they're all films with really important messages. 
That's fantastic. And the more you have, the, the further you get along on any of those projects, we want you to come back on to our show, tell us about it. And most, most importantly, set it up so that I can get to watch those movies first. Before <laughs> because I, I, I'm sick and tired of him rubbing it in my face that he's seen that film and I haven't. So we need to try and get it done. Uh, Sorry, excuse me, excuse me. That's the only time I've rubbed it in your face. <laughs> For the most part, you've seen more of the films than I have. If you've done it once, producer Dave, you've done it a million times and it makes me sick. So I'm going to <laughs> Okay. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so Jenna, just, just before we, we let you go, can you give us any, uh, all of your social media links so people can follow you, stalk, not stalk you, that's different, follow you and get to know more about your projects? Oh, thank you. So to, um, to receive our newsletters with more invites for panel and workshops, you can go to our website, www.parisintelfest.com. Also social media. So I will pass Paris Intel Fest on all social media. Uh, for the film, Arubas slash Dorf film, again, all social media. On Instagram, I'm just uh, Arubas Gina Surreal. And our company is Belly Park Films. And we also have the company website, www.bellyparkfilms.com. And we are a very friendly community. We're always here to help. So if you need any advice, I also offer 30 minutes one-to-one -one calls. Um, I've done it this week to help um, some directors or actors who are in development and looking for financing or, you know, applying for funds. So I'm, I really, really want to do everything I can to support change with my films, but I also want to do it in reality. So if you need help, feel free to reach out. I'm here for you. I, I, Just one I, quick I, question um, before, before um, Marcus wraps up. Um, are all your projects in, based in Paris or are you jet setting? They're really international. We really work with international filmmakers. So it could be anywhere. As a matter of fact, um, there, there are some films that are getting filmed in Paris or France, but I'm working on a film that is about to be uh, filmed when COVID allows in Malta. So, and really our main values are authenticity and international. And I think also in these times of COVID, our world is becoming more and more international and we need messages who reunite nationalities. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely very, very international. Most of our teams are international on films. So from anywhere in the world, UK, US, we, we love to hear from you. Excellent. I was just going to say, I've, I've had uh, one of your talks on uh, film distribution and film financing when I was working on Pull Out Couch last year, highly beneficial, allowed me to be able to restructure my framework um, for the project. And had it not been for COVID, we would we definitely have been working together on, uh, on Pull Out Couch. As soon as COVID gets wrapped up and we can start working freely again and I get that project off the shelf, you're definitely going to be one of my first people I'm going to call uh, and we'll get to work on that. Uh, Jenna Suru, thank you very much for joining us uh, today. Like I said, you're welcome back anytime that you want. Oh, thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for having me back, guys. You guys are really the dream team. I love your show. <laughs> thanks, Jenna. <laughs> and that was the ever lovely Jenna Suru uh, speaking to us uh, from Paris uh, about the project that she's been working on with. Um, uh, golden, I've forgotten it. The, the golden age. I wow. want to, the reason, here's the reason why I made that mistake because I made that mistake before you corrected me on air because my brain just sandwiched the two of them before. I wanted to say it's, it's, uh, I, I wasn't going to go large age, but I was going to go golden door, <laughs> which is what I did before. <laughs> I was going to say, here's Janisuru with the film Golden Door, and it's like, no, that doesn't sound right but I don't know what's wrong with it. And then you said, no, it's large door, golden age. So that's correct. So take two. Uh, that was Spotlight with Jenna Suru talking about golden age, the golden age, large door, as well as Paris Film Festival, Paris International Film Festival with the panel that she's doing with the ever so lovely Shakespeare sisters, Hillary and Anne Shakespeare, Hillary and Anne Elizabeth Shakespeare. Uh, their panel on the 1st of October, on Paris International Film Festival uh, website, website, uh, whatever channel they're using. We'll post the link on the show notes. Yeah, we'll have to get them back on as well. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they want to come back on. They've said, look, you know, they, they love the show. We love them. We want to talk more about their projects and so on and so forth. We'll try and get them back on the show soon. But I'm pretty sure you're all fed up of me ranting and raving about my favorite f- films and TV shows. Um, we said we're not having a top five this week. We're going to save the top five, top five favorites for next week. And we'll do top five favorite Chadwick Boseman films. Producer Dave, have you started watching some Chadwick Boseman films? Yes, I have. I'm not going to tell you which ones. They're Good. They're Peter. Good. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that we don't actually share notes. We don't look at notes before the show. We'll just basically jump in and I'll see if mine correlates with yours. And we'll see how we go from there. Uh, but thank you all very much. We, we, we love the fact that you keep coming back and keep listening to, to us. We feel humbled by the fact that you give us that privilege, that time to listen to us rabbit on about our own opinions about films and tv shows uh we thank you very much for listening we hope that you are keeping yourself safe because even though uh covid the status of what's happening with covid is fluctuating just whatever what remains consistent is that we wish you stay safe stay make sure you uh wash hands wear masks to keep safe keep your social distancing whatever your theories are just try and keep yourself and your family and your friends safe. You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm still David Campbell. Saying thank you very much for listening. And see you all next week. Bye. I like the bit where you say, and I'm, I'm still David Campbell. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Well, you speak as if, you speak as if, as, as if you're going away forever, you know. I have been. <laughs> No, this could be the last time they ever hear from me. So it's, it's as it's as Jim Carrey says in the show. He says, "Good morning, uh, and if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night." Just give that to I have been Marcus E. Apple. Who knows? Next week I could be Miranda E. Apple. Yeah, don't know. This is what, this is so true. <laughs> Are you gonna leave this in there? Oh God, yes. <laughs> Please do.